This is the Spin Talk Podcast. Catch Spin Talk with Lauren, live on Spin 1038 weekdays from 1. Spin 1038, this is Spin Talk with Lauren. Today on the show, we're discussing the digital age of consent and whether or not it should be set at 13, which we have discussed before in the show. But yesterday, some leading experts in cybersecurity told an Oireachtas Committee on Children and Youth Affairs that there are massive risks and no benefits to setting the digital age of consent to 13, that it should be at 16. So what are your thoughts on that? Get involved. And I've been asking, so um, Ian Power is um, the Executive Director of Spawn Out. He's going to speak to me in just a few moments just to go through exactly what the digital age of consent means. But before I do that, just have a think about your own social media accounts or maybe other websites that you're signed up for. You know, if you have had to ask for permission to open them or maybe you were very young getting set up on Facebook or on Snapchat, let me know your thoughts on whether or not you feel maybe you were too young, should you have to ask for permission up until the age of 16? And if you have a young person in your life, um, maybe your own child or maybe younger brothers and sisters, is it difficult to keep them off social media? Let me know. I'm on 087-711-1038. You can text or WhatsApp. But as I mentioned, the executive director of spawnout.ie is Ian Power and he joins me on the line now. Hi, Ian. Hi, Lauren. How are you? Good. Thank you very much. Um, Ian, I suppose just to get started, if you wouldn't mind explaining exactly what the digital age of consent means. Okay. So basically, the digital age of consent is the age at which you can consent yourself for your data to be processed online. And what that means essentially is for signing up to things, for having cookies tracked, you know, when you're on a website and it asks you, you know, you know, you're being tracked and your cookies are being tracked. Is that okay? You know, basically anything you do online processes data about you. And so this is the age at which you'll be allowed to consent about that for yourself. And, and so it has been 13 up until now, um, you know, for, for the many years that the internet has existed. And this new regulation coming from the European Parliament has said that countries are free to set it anywhere between the ages of 13 and 16. Eight countries have said they're going to set it at 13 so far. Six of them have said they're going to set it at 16, one at 14, and the other one is thinking, but Finland is trying to decide between whether it's going to be 13 or 15. So um, the most of European countries have, have already set it at 13, um, the UK included. And so essentially what we're um, hoping will happen here uh, is that it will just continue to be 13. Okay, so what are the arguments for keeping it at 13? 13 does seem quite young to be signing up and allowing your data to be processed. Yeah, so I mean, from our perspective, 13, you know, all internet use should be uh, monitored by parents, right? So up until a certain age. And essentially what we're saying here is that um, parents should educate children about how to behave online and they should be given the freedom, the autonomy to go and, and access things online. We're not saying they should be able to access inappropriate content or inappropriate things, but they should be able to move freely around uh, the internet without having to kind of run to their parents every two seconds. Um, Secondly, it's not going to be practical. That's not going to happen. Um, at the moment, you know, you already see children, even people under the age of 13 who have Snapchat accounts, who have Facebook accounts. And that's not to say that that's okay. It's just that we know that there is no way to actually meaningfully enforce a higher age. So from our perspective, we're both saying that children should have the freedom to access the Internet um, it's their right to be able to, to do so. But secondly, also that even if we wanted to keep them off the internet until they were 16, 
we couldn't actually do that. And people are saying, you know, the experts yesterday were saying that the issue of access is being conflated with the issue of profiling, as they're calling it. And profiling sounds a bit dodgier, but essentially it's processing of data and everything you do online is a, is a data processing exercise. Um, and what they're saying is that the issue of being able to access the internet and this digital data consent are being conflated. But to be honest with you, it's hard not to because everything you do is about processing data online um, and therefore access is the ultimate thing that we're talking about here. Now, as you mentioned there, Ian, lots of people under the age of 13 already have Snapchat accounts, Facebook accounts. So whether the digital age of consent is set at 13 or 16, who's actually going to police it? Yeah, nobody. I mean, you know, the issue will probably be much like, you know, if you go onto an alcohol company website, you're asked to put in your date of birth to confirm that you're over 18, and that's it. Nobody checks that. And so essentially, you know, it's going to have to be that broad in order for it to be able to actually work. And there's, you know, been suggestions about people using their PPS number to verify their age, their passport to verify their age. Those things are just not practical. Um, First of all, platforms won't want to be keeping that type of data. That also goes against the GDPR, which is about making sure that platforms only have enough data about you as they absolutely need to have, whereas they really shouldn't have your passport and they shouldn't have your PPS number. Um, And to me, the whole thing is a total distraction. The experts and I agree on one thing, which is that we want to do more to keep children safe online. I just don't think that this is the debate that's productive because it's not going to end up in young people being safer. If anything, if children lie about their age online, they're going to be exposed to much more things because everything on the internet is going to think that they're 16 or they're, they're 18 or 19, and they're going to start you know, sending ads to them that are not really appropriate for children to receive. So if you're talking about trying to keep children safe online, Really, the things we need to be doing is supporting parents, not frightening the bejesus out of them. We need to educate them and help them to to deal with the broad parameters of online Mm -hmm. and what they need to be talking to children about, which is just really basic things about making sure your child knows not to talk to strangers, making sure that your child knows that if they come across something they don't like, that they're to go to you and talk to you about it, and you're not going to take away their phone or their tablet and because of that bad experience. Because one of the things we see all the time is children and young people having a bad experience, reporting it to their parent, and the, the first thing the parent does is take away their access to their to their online activity, which means they can't contact their friends or play their games or whatever. And obviously that's not going to encourage children to report things when things go wrong. So you really do need to have parents supported and educated in that space. And then separately, you know, Facebook and all of the other platforms have responsibilities. They have policies that they're meant to to adhere to. So, you know, if you report something to them, they're meant to take it down um, if it breaches their terms and conditions and their policies. And so I think it would be much more useful for us to be making sure that they're doing that type of activity rather than something that isn't actually going to keep people safe and also will give, I think, parents a false sense of security that because the digital age of consent were, you know, if it were to be 16, they would think that, okay, well, you know, my children have to get my consent for everything they do online. That's not the case, and, yeah. and it won't be. And children will sign up to things without their parents' consent, even if it's 16. So ultimately, you know, I think we're all on the same page. We all want children to be safer online. But I just think that this debate that we're having right now isn't going to result in that. Yeah, so often on the show, you know, Ian, we hear and we hear some horror stories and, you know, examples of how the Internet can be such a dark place, but it can also be a wonderful place as well. And I think a lot of people would be in agreement with you um, to have open and honest conversations 
with our young people. But I also liked uh, what you touched on there about making maybe Facebook and Snapchat a bit more responsible. You know, they are the platforms in which people are signing up to. But is there any way, like they're the companies with the money, can they be fined? Yeah, I mean, basically, at the moment, the way it stands is that if a company is made aware of something and they don't act on it, then they can be fined. You know, um, the issue I have is with platforms like Snapchat, where it's really hard to report something that's inappropriate or something that you don't like. Um, you know, you can't do it easily. On Facebook, you can kind of take every single piece of content and there's a button on there, you know, when you click from the top right-hand side and you can report it for whatever reason. On Snapchat, there's no mechanism really for reporting. You can only just block people and, 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 and do various different things like that. Um, you can report users and stuff, but you can't report individual content. Um, and they don't really make it that easy for you. So I think, you know, even again, we should be, you know, forcing platforms to make it easier for us to flag content with them that we don't think is appropriate or that's harmful. And then, you know, hold them to account on making sure that that's removed. So, like, there's definitely things, you know, I think people think that we're leaving the, the platforms get away with a lot of things. But actually, you know, the platforms have so many responsibilities. And I think what it's up to us as a society and the public to do is to make sure we're um, trying to make them do things that are actually going to be useful and meaningful. Mm. One of the things in the GDPR is around, um, you know, marketing to children. And so in the GDPR, the language isn't actually very explicit about whether companies can or cannot market to children. Um, it says that, you know, they shouldn't, but they can in certain circumstances. And I mean, for us, from our perspective, we would think that if you're going to focus on this bill and this, this new law, one of the things you should be doing is making sure that you can't market anything to anybody under 18 um, or you should, you know, there should be restrictions on it. Um, and that's, that's going to keep younger people safe from, from various different kind of adverts from industries that maybe we don't want uh, contacting or, or, you know, putting things out there in front of our children. So I just think that we need to kind of get a little bit real about the debate and stop, you know, talking about this thing, which is going to have absolutely no impact. And if anything, will A, drive activity underground and B, think parent, make parents think that they're actually, you know, they don't need to do anything, that yes. the internet is keeping their children safe for them, which is totally not true. Ian, always great to have you. Thank you very much for your time today. Take care, Lauren. Uh, that's Ian Power there, the executive director of Spun Out. And uh, Ian makes some really, really great points there. And just good to hear him explain exactly what the digital age of consent means. The GDPR that he mentioned is the General Data Protection Regulation. And as you heard Ian say at the beginning there, we have to set our digital age of consent by May. Um, the European Parliament have decided that every country can decide their own age of consent. Up until now, ours has been 13. Yesterday, an Oireachtas Committee on Children and Youth Affairs heard that there are massive risks and no benefits to setting it at 13. It should be 16. You heard Ian argue there why it should remain at 13. What do you think? And if you have a young person in your life who is on social media, who is active online, is it difficult, do you feel, to protect them. Get involved in the conversation. I'd love to hear from you. I'm on 087-711-1038. Now, we've changed the name of our next caller to Tara. Hi, Tara. Hi. Now, you're 17. Yeah. Okay, and what are your thoughts on the digital age of consent? It has to be age 16. Really? Why do you no think that? I got my first illegal, let's say, account at age 14. I wasn't allowed by my parents. And I wish I listened to them. Okay. I had several accounts and I kept having to delete them now. Well, 
you weren't doing anything illegal because it is 13. It's always been 13. So you were able to have an account at 14 without your parents' permission. But what I'm guessing is your parents didn't know you had one, Tara. Yeah. Okay. And do you think they wouldn't have been too happy about it? Oh, they weren't. And why were you um, on social media accounts at 14? Were some of your friends? Everybody else was on Snapchat and things. So I was like, I want to be like them. And do you think if, if the digital age of consent was 16, Tara, it would stop 14-year-olds having Snapchat accounts? No. So what's the point in setting it at 16? I don't think that there's any point in sending it to any age. People okay. who want to have it will do anything to have it. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned there, like, deleting accounts and starting up new accounts because you didn't want your parents, I'm guessing, finding out that you had um, social media accounts. Why putting up fake names or things I posted back then, I didn't want to be related to that anymore. So the older I got, I wanted to have more mature accounts. Okay, okay. Um, were you able to talk to your parents about, like, being online? Uh, eventually they found out, but then I'd say they gave up or they were keeping control of what I was sharing and looking up, so. Mm -hmm. But do you think maybe we need to have more open conversations with young people, like with maybe 12 and 13-year-olds about what to put online. Like you mentioned there, like looking back, you were kind of embarrassed about some of the stuff you put up. Yeah. So maybe in schools, if we had more conversations or even more honest conversations at home about internet usage, that might be more positive. They should be warned about dangers of online use. Okay. Are you still on social media, Tara? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you're 17 now. Yeah. All right, lovely to speak to you today. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, bye. Good to have you on the show today. You can get involved. I would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, Tara reckons it should be uh, 16, the digital age of consent, but she does concede that, look, people are going to tell lies anyway. They're going to have accounts. She had one at 14 and her parents didn't know about it. What do you think? 087-711-1038. Sarah is next. Hi, Sarah. Hey, Lauren, how are you? I'm good, thank you very much. Uh, Sarah, what are your thoughts? Should there be a set digital age of consent? I think that the age of consent should be 16. But, like, the way people go about it, like, my brother's 12 and he's on social media. Like, he's on Snapchat and all this. And it's not hard to just say that you are 18 or 16 because there's no way to actually check it. Yeah. So what's the point in setting it at 16 if there's already 12-year-olds on Snapchat? I think, like, ideally it should be 16 because you don't, you can see what's going on. Like, there's loads of horrible people lurking around the internet. And at 16, you're more aware of it. But realistically, it's not going to work. No. And that's no. what um, Ian Power from Spun Out was saying. He was like, you know, yeah. like, I'm guessing your 12-year-old brother, uh, do, do your parents know that he has a Snapchat account? They found out recently. And what did they say? They said they don't like it, but they're looking at who he's friends with and making sure that there's no weirdos that he's friends with. Yeah. And keeping an eye on it. But I think that's the best realistically parents can do. Well, this is it. And I think being open and being honest, like if the digital age of consent was set at 16, what Ian from Spun Out was saying that it would drive more um, internet usage underground, like kids wouldn't tell their parents about their accounts. So then if they were approached or anything did go wrong... They wouldn't feel they could talk about it. That's exactly what's going to happen. Like, 
you, they just get scared saying, well, I'm not supposed to be on social media, so I can't really tell anybody if something does happen. Yeah. Because there's no real point of doing it. So for that reason, do you think maybe it might be better to set it at 13? For that reason, I think there's a good idea of setting it at 13, but it's not going to stop people who are younger going yeah. on it anyway. I understand what you mean. Uh, how old are you, Sarah? I'm 21. And how long have you been on social media accounts? Like, how long have you been on Facebook? I've been on Facebook since I was 12. Okay. It got really popular in my secondary school, and I just joined. Like, every, like a load of cool kids were doing at the time, and that's just the way it's set. Yeah. yeah. And do you feel that maybe if parents are trying to protect young people and keep them off social media that like you were saying everyone was honest Tara before you said that that she just wanted to be cool because all her friends were had social media accounts that if you weren't allowed to have one that that might isolate you from your friends it would isolate you from your friends because they'd be talking about all the stuff that would be going on yeah yeah they'd be looking at all the news friends are getting and they've just been like left out the circles and they wouldn't know what's going on so yeah, that's difficult as well for parents, I think. Really nice to speak to you today, Sarah. Thanks so much. Thank you, Lauren. Bye-bye. Um, so both Sarah and Tara have said that they think the digital age of consent should be set at 16, but they've both conceded that it really doesn't matter what age you set it at. People will still lie and will still join social media networks and sign up for other services. So... With that in mind, do you think maybe it might be better to set it at 13 and at least that way, you know, kids might be more forthcoming, like 14, 15-year-olds might be more likely to talk to parents if they have been approached, whereas if the digital age of consent is 16, which means that you can't sign up for Facebook or Snapchat or Twitter without parental permission and you do anyway, you'd be maybe trying to hide it from your parents. Does that make sense? Let me know what you think. 87 711 1038. Rory is next on the line. Hi, Rory. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thanks very much. Now, Rory, you texted in. You're 18 now. Yeah, I am. And how long have you been on social media? I first set up a Facebook account when I was 11, so I was very young, and uh, I kind of did it without my parents' permission. Okay, so yeah, because the digital age of consent is set at 13 currently. Yeah, yeah. So two years before you were 13, you set it up. Was it very Mm. easy to set up without permission? Uh, yeah, there's no regulations or restrictions on it. So, like, I could just, I can't really remember that well now, but, yeah. like, I do remember that I could just do it as I wanted, kind of, and just put in that I was 13. And what was the appeal when you were 11 to joining Facebook? Uh, I suppose some of my friends were on it already, and I just kind of wanted to see what it was like. And, um, like, there wasn't that many people on it, but there was a few people I knew, so I, I just kind of wanted to do it. And were you ever approached by anyone you didn't know or did you ever experience anything that was a bit no. scary? No, I was very lucky kind of to get away with that. Um, I didn't really accept people I didn't know but like, I, there was people I knew who were just kind of accepting friend requests from anyone. They'd get messages and stuff. So obviously that, that is quite worrying. And why is it that you knew not to accept people that you didn't know already? Because uh, I kind of... Uh, I was just quite cautious at the time and uh, I was kind of like I'd see my friends getting messages from these weirdos and I'd be like I don't want to don't want any of that 
Was that something that your parents spoken to you about? Uh, yeah, they, well, I suppose not in terms of social media, but just like if I was out and about on my own in like town or anything, they'd say just avoid strangers. So I suppose that that message carried over. Kind yeah, of. you had a bit of cop on. Um, yeah. Do you do you think, Rory, looking back, because obviously you opened up your Facebook account when you were 11 before your parents mm. knew and you didn't tell them, if you had been approached or you had been sent messages from someone you didn't know, would you have been yeah. worried about getting in trouble with your parents? Um, if I you went to them? So, yeah, because like, they had told me to stay away from strangers and stuff. But I suppose, look, your parents are they're after your best interests so as long as you're you're not responding and you just tell them they're going to help you out, I suppose. What do you think about the digital age of consent? What age do you think it should be set at? I don't think the problem is the digital age of consent. I think it's more just about, you know, educating people about it. No matter what, how do you enforce it? It'd be very difficult to enforce. Mm -hmm. So my opinion would be just to encourage more uh, open dialogue, kind of. Yeah. Rory, really good to have you. Thanks so much for sharing your opinion. Yeah, bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Rory is 18. He's been on social media since he was 11. And like Ian Power from Spun Out says, this conversation really shouldn't be about the digital age of consent. It should be about more conversations around safer internet usage. What are your thoughts on this conversation today? And maybe, you know, like Rory, you've had a social media account from a young age. Have you ever been approached by someone you don't know? Have you received messages? Have you accepted friend requests from people that you don't know? Tell me about your experiences online when you were younger. Get involved. I'm on 087-711-1038. Shaz is on the line. Hi, Shaz. How are you, Lauren? Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Uh, Are you having a good day so far? I'm just moping about in the house on the night shift, so... Maybe someone will send you chocolates. Oh, maybe, (laughs) Jess. So we're only halfway through the day. You never know. That's it. Um, Shaz, still what are, hope. Yeah, exactly. There's still hope, always. Um, what are your thoughts on the digital age of consent and trying to keep people safe online, particularly young people? Well, like, I was just saying there that I remember when I was 13 and geez, so it was about 10 years ago now, but we didn't have the access to the den that you have today to the internet. I remember we used to go to the internet cafe after school maybe once or twice a week, like, whereas now, like, it, it's everywhere. Like, everyone has laptops, everyone has iPads and iPhones, and it's so much harder to monitor, I think, for parents. Like, I remember my mom having my Bebo password and everything, whereas now, she's there's Snapchat and Twitter and everything. Like, it's, it's so hard to monitor. So I can understand how hard it would be for parents to try and mm-hmm. sort that, like, for their kids. Yeah, and that's a really good point, that it's on your smartphone. Like, I remember having to ask permission to use the computer and then when we got internet, you know, asking to, like, to dial in. So, you know, the whole house would know that you were online, whereas if you're on your phone and you have the Wi-Fi code, you know, no one really knows what you're doing. So... I don't know. A lot of people feel today that the age of consent really isn't the issue. It's about having more open and honest conversations with kids. Do you think sometimes the parents maybe just get a bit freaked out about the internet and would rather just take the devices away, ban phones, ban Wi-Fi passwords and just not have to think about it? Well, I don't know. Like, I think maybe parents just need to be a bit more open with their kids and wonder what they're getting up to online. Like, you know, like... Be friends with them on Facebook, you know. I know it's not cool to have your mum on Facebook, but if something's going on, you need to be able to see. Like, I remember the other day, my cousin tagged me in a photo and he's only 
I think he's 14. And he tagged me in, in, in his profile photo and there was like 500 likes on it. Do you know? Yeah. 500 likes on a 15-year-old's profile photo. Like, who are all their pals? Like, they don't know 500 people. You're wondering who are all these people that they're friends with and who are they chatting when? Is that, is that kind of normal nowadays? Whereas, geez, if I put up a profile photo, I'd be looking to get about 15. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but you know, Rory, who was on before he made that point, he was saying like when he joined up to Facebook at 11, he never got messages from people he didn't know because he didn't accept people that he didn't know. And he said that that was just something that he picked up from his parents. He was like, don't talk to strangers. That it really is, it does come down to parenting and the kind of things you instill in your kids. Exactly, yeah. Like, sure, even nowadays, I know people make pals online. Like, I, I know people on Twitter that I don't know in real life, but yeah. I would be pals online. But in saying that, I'm an adult and I know... Uh, like I, I know what to do in these situations where a 14 year old doesn't mm. doesn't really know and I know it's very ageist and I know some people have their wits about them but at 14 you don't really know what you're who you're talking to online no, or you're still so what vulnerable. you're getting up to yeah absolutely Shaz really appreciate you coming on today thanks a million for getting in touch no problem chat to you later bye bye um Okay, Shaz makes some great points as well. Lots of people have been kind of sharing their own stories of, you know, um, joining up to Facebook or Snapchat or whatever. Shaz was saying, you know, when I was a teenager, you'd have to go to an internet cafe. It wouldn't be like a constant thing to have internet access. And look, like I said earlier on to Ian Power from Spun Out, internet access is a wonderful thing. The internet is a great invention and kids can learn so much from it. We shouldn't be afraid of it. And maybe banning kids from it or you know, restricting their use, that's maybe not the way to go about protecting them online. Jen says, I think it should be 16, the age of consent. It should also be a rule that you must prove your age before the account is opened because kids just change the year they were born to bypass the rules. But it's how you go about doing that, Jen, and that's something that I put to Ian earlier on. And it has been suggested that you have to have a PBS number. And of course, you can't have one then before you're 16. But then that social network has your PPS number on file or your passport number. That is more of your data online and that company has it. And a lot of people don't agree with that. Christina says, when I was a child, my parents wouldn't let me on social media. MSN was a big thing then. And I used to go to the library or sneak on the laptop whenever they were out. They came home one time and saw me on it and started talking to my friends. They were trying to show me how anyone can be behind the screen talking to you. Children will be on social media no matter what. If they want it, it's there. But children need to be more educated about it rather than trying to ban them from it. Kids these days are growing up too quick. Children now are exposed to it everywhere. Eight-year-olds getting iPads and such for Christmas. If people want to protect their children from the internet, stop buying them phones and iPads. Buy them a board game and actually spend more time with them. Yeah, look, I know there are people that feel um, kids get devices too young, but there's also you know, the the reason why a lot of people get devices. I spoke to a woman on the show before whose daughter has special needs, so her iPad is very helpful in school and there's a lot of programs on her iPad. It doesn't always have internet access, but, you know, the devices can be very helpful. But yeah, like your parents did, Christina, maybe show you how dangerous it can be. It sounded like your parents were pretty savvy. Get involved in the conversation. I would love to hear from you today. 087-711-1038. Text us now. 087-711-1038. This is Spin Talk.
Okay, uh, just to get through a few more of your messages before my next guest joins me, Lauren says on WhatsApp, I definitely don't think 13 is a suitable age for social media, especially with how dangerous it has become. There aren't They aren't mature enough to realise how much danger they can put themselves in. But I suppose the argument, Lauren, so many are making today is they're going to do it anyway. So how do we keep them safe? Darren says, perfect solution, stop buying children gadgets and smartphones. They are missing out on so much in life. I'm so happy my childhood was not ruined by technology and social media. And when I did use social media, it cost me two euro per hour in the internet shop. Oh, like Shaz, Darren, you used to go to the internet shop. Um, But yeah, I had this conversation with someone recently who is reluctant, you know, let small children use um, devices. But then the counter argument to that is if all their friends are using them, are they going to end up being left out and possibly bullied as a result? And that's a worry for parents too, I think. Kate says, I know some people who made a Facebook account for their son from the first day he was born. When I asked them why, what for, the answer was, well, when you grow up, you'll have an account for a first day. It'll be like his diary. They post his photos, writing about his first poop, first bath, first tooth, first step, everything. Adults should be educated first on how to use the internet. Wowzer. That's dedication, isn't it? Well, um, I mentioned my next guest. She joins me on the line now, Anne McCormick, psychotherapist and author of Keeping Your Child Safe on Social Media, Five Easy Steps. Anne, very good to have you on the show today. Thanks, Lauren. I'm delighted to chat to you. Well, I know this is something you're really passionate about, Anne, anytime we've spoken to you in the past. Firstly, Anne, um, give me your thoughts on the digital age of consent. What age do you think it should be set at? I think, I mean, I can, I can speak as a psychotherapist and also as a parent. Um, my children are coming up to the age where they're going to soon uh, want to be on social media. I have one, my oldest child is 12, she'll be going into secondary school in September and I know she'll want to keep in touch with friends who are going to a different school on social media. So in terms of me as a parent, I feel that at 13 I would be able to manage her her activity okay. online and I would be able to, to manage to have conversations with her about how to stay safe um, on a social media platform. I certainly wouldn't be letting her on more than one. I would let her on one in order to keep in touch with friends and I think that there's a huge relevance when young people go to secondary school in terms of just that connecting with people who are not in their class every day. Um, yeah. I, I see a lot of benefit for um, young people in terms of social media use. One one other example I give is uh, some of the young people in transition year who were at the Young Scientist exhibition recently. Some of them are on Twitter and I just really love the Young Scientist exhibition and now I follow a couple of those people on Twitter and they're, I'd say, 15 maybe. Um, so they have social media accounts and I think they use them really well and they spread their, their message and their, their work online and I think there's huge benefit um, but in terms of looking at the digital age of consent um, over the next 10 to 20 years, rather than, and I know the government are under pressure to set the digital age of consent um, for May, but in terms of the next 10 to 20 years, I think that it's a really good thing for us as a country to look towards moving the d- digital age of consent to 16. I think that long term that would be you know, for the benefit of young people in terms of their mental health. I also feel that, um, you know, tech companies have an access to their data. Um, and I know um, a lot of the people who were in, you know, at the consultation yesterday would have 
you know, they'd work in an environment where they have access to a lot of information about the kind of data that's being collected on, on you know, on people. Um, so, so they're obviously coming from that perspective. For me, I'd be thinking more in, in terms of um, what's good for, for young people's mental health. And I think it is good for them to stay off social media for as long as possible. And if the digital age of consent was set at 16, and I'm thinking longer term, I'm not talking about May, I'm talking about longer term if the digital age of consent was set at 16, I think that very quickly there would be a gap in the market for a social media app that could facilitate young people from the age of 13 to 16 having social contact with each other. I I don't think it would mean that they can't use online platforms um, okay. You know, yeah, they can't use an online. I think somebody would develop something for that age group. But I think to set the age, to, to restrict it from May is a very um, difficult thing for parents to handle. Mm. Um, so, two things that I think would need to happen, um, or two things that I think could happen, um, mm. that would help facilitate um, the phasing in of the digital age of consent being 16. Um, and I think if you even think of Brexit, and I know that's a completely different uh, situation, but the amount of time the EU has given um, to the British to, to phase that in, yeah. you know, it's, it's a very, very complex um and I think that you do make process. a great point, Anne, yeah, that it maybe is something that could happen slowly over time because... I think it could. I think we could. I don't know if the government can request a, a period of time to phase it in, but I think that two things that could help with the phasing it in is one, and I am absolutely passionate about this. I can't overstate it enough. I think that smartphones as a device need to be banned in primary schools nationwide. I think that if that was to happen in May... That would be a really, really important step in terms of keeping young people safe online because it would prompt parents of that age group to buy the, what's called a dumb phone. Yeah, the um, and I think that that then would facilitate kids in primary school to be able to have contact with their parents if, say, their parents are collecting them and they're 10 minutes late. So the kid needs to have a phone. It would facilitate that process continuing but they wouldn't have internet access in their pocket. It would also give a very strong message to parents that, um, you know, giving kids internet access or social media access below the age of 12, 13 is absolutely unsafe in terms of their psychological well-being. So that's one thing I would do if if I got to be in charge of it. I would (laughs) absolutely ban smartphones in schools nationwide, and I think the government could take a lead on that. The other thing that I think would be a really important um, step, and I think that, again, if we were to think creatively about it, there would be a way to do it. There's a a really big, broad piece of legislation called the Child Care Act. It's a piece of legislation from 1991, and it's up for review at the moment. And people can make submissions to the government in relation to changes they'd like to see um, in the Child Care Act. Now, the Child Care Act is the piece of legislation that deals with it deals with a lot in terms of child welfare. But one of the things that it deals with is the whole area of child abuse. Um, and I think that there's great scope in terms of just adding something, even something very small in, in terms of a, a legislative change that would make it... Um, I, I'm kind of loath to use the word illegal, but, but it would really sort of um, indicate that allowing children 
in primary school of primary school age unsupervised and um you know access to the internet and social media that it's not legally okay and yeah. that um that that then that that again would be a massive change in terms of parents getting their heads around that but i think that there has been a lot of um talk recently about social media safety for young people and and one of the points that i keep hearing is like even in relation to um sexting and young people sending images or receiving images or um sharing images that in terms of the legalities of that um you know there's the possibility that that young people are um distributing child pornography and what, one of the points that keeps being raised is that parents are saying oh i didn't realize that that was that that was the legal position on it um so i think for the government to, to again take a lead in terms of um highlighting that this is the legislation it is now going to be deemed neglectful in law okay. to allow your child unsupervised access to the internet it is now going to be deemed you know illegal or oh yeah whatever. I'd really you know, like I, to hear people's thoughts on that Anne um, and you know I, I really um, think it was great for you to say earlier on you know if your daughter moving into secondary school next year and uh, she's going to want to have access to social media um, and that you feel as a parent obviously doing the job that you do you can manage that yeah. you can talk to her and I would really encourage people to check out your book Keeping Your Child Safe on Social Media Five Easy Steps because what we keep coming back to in this conversation is how we need to better educate ourselves in order to keep our young people safe. Yeah and I think that that you you know I, I think from meeting parents myself I think that parents sometimes feel that they need to be technologically really well tuned in um, in order to keep their kids safe but it's about it's about something else as well it's about the relationship and I know that um, you know one of the people that were, that was there yesterday talking in the, in the um, consultation process spoke about how um, and has spoken before about how you know if parents put filters on their kids phones well, the kids are well able to find ways around that but, but one of the points that I would make is in terms of the relationship there's a lot of really simple things that parents can do in terms of how you communicate with your child, how you are when you're in the company of your child, that brings the risk of your child going behind your back and doing something risky way down. there's There's a whole process in terms of keeping the relationship between you and your child secure and for your child to feel like, um, you know, their parent is their secure base and there's all sorts of things that you can do. Like one simple thing that parents can do um, is to, to, I suppose it's, it's in the book, but just to give one point, yeah. um, around secure attachment, if your relationship with your child is secure, then the child is much less likely to go behind your back yeah. and set up a fake account or set up a secret account. And one of the things that undermines secure attachment in relationships is the expression of hostility. So that's just a simple thing. But yeah. even if your child of 11, 12, 13, 15, 16, whatever age comes in and they're like adamant that they're doing it their way and it has to be this way and you're like going absolutely mad inside your head. If you can speak without hostility being expressed 
Like you can still say what you want to say, but not to become hostile. Yeah, that a is great keeping point. your child. That is a step towards keeping your child safe, and you don't need to be technologically yeah. knowledgeable in order to yeah. do that. You just need to be aware of the fact that hostility undermines secure attachment. So okay. there's all sorts of things that you can do and step. Oh, but in relation to the disabled, I think that we need to come along with her. Oh, Anne, unfortunately, the line is just going a bit there. Um, and okay. I'm, I'm, oh, there you are. I'm, listen, I'm out of time anyway, Anne. So look, okay. I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for your time Not today. Not delighted. Always great to have you. Thanks, um, Lauren. Thanks very much. That's Anne McCormick there. She is so passionate about this subject. You can really hear it. Anne is a psychotherapist and the author of Keeping Your Child Safe on Social Media, Five Easy Steps. Um, I'll be back in just a few moments with some of your comments. I'm way over time, so I'll re- wrap up with your comments straight after news. This is the Spin Talk Podcast. Catch Spin Talk with Lauren, live on Spin 1038 weekdays from 1.